All right, I'd like to welcome everybody to The Route with Russell. Um, today we'll be talking about NIL, and I know that's a topic that it's a hot-button topic. People don't really fully understand it. People think they understand it more than they really do. Um, it's very new. It's very much something that is, I feel, is necessary, but, you know, I have my own reservations as a father, um, as a former athlete, so I see it from both sides. So just to kind of give you a quick rundown, NIL stands for Name, Image, and Likeness. Um, and basically what this is is an opportunity for athletes um, as far as college and high school is an opportunity for them to monetize what they do. You know, when in the past, when I was in school, uh, you didn't have that opportunity. It was you were locked into a scholarship and you couldn't get anything outside of what the scholarship offered you. So this all for me is brand new as a father, as a former athlete. Um, it became official in uh, June, June 21st of 2021. That was the actual official um, year and date when you could actually do it and there was no legal ramifications. You could go out and get money from whomever, wherever. Um, I'm sure as most people know, it was a lawsuit started. I'm going to um, lose the date right now. But it was lawsuit started at least 10 years ago with uh, some guys in California that just felt like, you know, it's not fair that the university is making all this money off of these athletes and the athletes aren't making anything, which, you know, I, it's a great argument. It's something that needs to be discussed, and I'm glad it came out, and I'm glad people actually did something about it because you have the NCAA that's making a ton of money off of these young athletes. And, you know, is it fair? Is it not fair? You know, that's for each person to decide on their own. Um, I think in the first year that athletes were allowed to go out and make money off of their own NIL, I think the number was something close to a billion dollars in the first year. It was like $900 million that all these kids made within the first year that this became legal. And I know many people out there have discussed it with their friends and whether it's right, whether it's wrong. And I'm just going to tell you coming from a former athlete, former college athlete, and a father who is going through it with his own child, it's a very murky water. Um, I feel that as a former athlete, I think players do deserve to get paid. I think that you should be able to go out there and monetize yourself, and especially with today's social media and these different avenues that kids have to promote themselves. I think it's a great idea, but as a parent, you're walking a very slippery slope because now you're talking about instead of college being an extension of high school where the coaches are supposed to be more nurturing and more caring and more involved in you as a person and trying to grow you as a young man or a young woman, now it's more of an extension of the professional leagues. Uh, it's more like minor league baseball. I, I think that at this point, kids need to start signing contracts. Um, you know, just so that we can kind of get a hold of what's going on. Because right now it's like the wild, wild west. Everybody, you know, you hear about the top 1%. You hear about, uh, I forget their names, uh, the two twins, I believe, that they're uh, in basketball. And there's a gymnast. I mean, th these kids are making millions of dollars. And, and that's awesome. And I love that. But that's only the top 1%. 99% of these kids will be going through their university and they'll, they'll be making money, but they're not making all the money that people hear. So 
I think that's what we need to wrap our mind around first is that all these kids, like anything else, you know, with the Jalen Brown basketball contract, you know, $300 million. With these quarterbacks in the NFL, you hear about $300 million. But it's only a select group of people that make that money. So I just think that as a parent and as a former athlete, we just have to be careful of what we're doing and how much we're giving these kids. So that's just kind of an introduction to what NIL is, Um, you know, just – to also talk about it in high school, I, I found this out after doing research on the topic that high schools are starting to allow NIL deals, which is absolutely amazing. I mean, you know, you got high school kids that are going to be able to go and get a deal with Chick-fil-A or McDonald's or some kind of water company or, or even a car dealership if they're good enough. And it's like at what we've lost the amateur status. And I know that's going to sound kind of strange coming from a former football player, someone who has felt the crunch of being in college and not having all the money that you think you should have. Or when you want to go get something to eat, you can't do it. Or if you go sign autographs for two hours, you get a big thank you. And I mean, and it's great that you're talking to the fans and you're creating this fan base. But unlike these kids nowadays, we left there empty handed. Anything that we would have gotten in high school, in college, would have been a violation. So I guess my advice to especially the high school kids as this wild, wild west is starting to be tamed and we're starting to understand the culture and what's going on out there and how we go about just navigating this area, I would, my recommendation to high school kids would be to tread lightly. Um, You know, don't jump out at everything you see. Make sure that you are following high school rules, your high school sports association, because you don't want to be in violation. I mean, you're chasing a couple thousand dollars. And I know as a high school student, that sounds like so much money. But in a larger scheme of things, if you go out and you do a Wendy's promotional video and it violates your school policies or your athletic association policy, excuse me, now you've lost everything for a quick buck. And so that's why I really caution high schoolers about going out and seeking and accepting these NIL deals. I think that California was one of the first states to really allow high schoolers to say, or excuse me, to go out and receive money for their performance. Um, And that's only been a year. Now, I think a year later, you've got half the states have rules in place about NIL for high school, which is just absolutely amazing. But it just goes back to sports is king and and you make all this money and there's so much money involved that now it trickles down to the high school level and you you I I think and I want to be careful because I don't want to put my biases on anything but I just feel like you're losing the love of the game you know you're, you're making decisions based on well how much money can I get from this high school how much money will this high school get me you know it's less about the love of the game and you know, struggling a little bit and looking at your goals and seeing that bright light at the end of the tunnel and saying, that's what I'm focused on. That's where I want to get to. And I think when you start receiving money in high school and you start getting these benefits, you lose focus and you lose sight of what's really important. Now, not to say that these kids don't deserve to get paid because these universities, these high schools, they all make a ton of money off of these kids. I mean, I see my own son his senior year 
you know, and his junior year, he's played in some really big high school games where the stadium is packed. I mean, there's overflow. Uh, I believe when we played Bishop Gorman, there was standing room only. That was his, um, what was that, his junior year, I believe? His senior year, you know, we played Chandler at the end of the season, and it's standing room only. So these schools are making a ton of money off of these kids, and should they receive something? Of course they should. I'm never going to sit here and say, oh, well, they don't deserve anything because they work hard. I mean, they do a lot, and I know people say, well, their school is being paid for or their reward is getting this scholarship and, you know, and getting school paid for and having the opportunity to play in the NFL. I think that's awesome. I I think that's a a great idea, and I think that's a great notion. But at the same time, you have coaches who are benefiting – and driving cars and getting deals based on the performance of their team. So it's a little hard to sit here and say that it's okay for these coaches to receive this money and receive benefits from what they're doing, but they're doing it off the backs of these kids. So it's just one of those things that you could just talk about for a long, long time. And for me, it's because I've been there and I'm going through it now I still struggle, you know. There, there are things that I don't know. I'm still learning this as I go. This NIL is very new, you know, and the fact that you can actually now make money in high school is just even more just crazy to me. Like a high school kid, so you lose the innocence of the game, I believe, when you start putting money into it because now kids no longer say, "Wow, I grew up in North Carolina, and my favorite school growing up, growing up." was the Tar Heels, and I really want to go there. That's the school I've always dreamed about going to, and I'm going to work my butt off, and I'm going to do everything it takes for me to get into North Carolina. That was my drive. That was my focus. I can't say I would have had that same drive and focus had the opportunity came along to say, okay, Russell, you can make some money. And then with social media, I mean, now these kids have these huge followings coming out of high school. So now you as a college, when you come along and you're trying to recruit these kids, now they're saying, well, look, I've got 50,000 followers. You know, you have a kid that's at your school right now that only has 30,000. He's making that. I mean, it just becomes a negotiation to where you need agents. You need somebody there to represent these kids when they're talking to these colleges because the waters have become so murky with with money. I mean, it's a green, murky water and everybody wants to swim in it. Everybody wants a piece of it. Everybody wants their cut of the pie. And and to be honest with you, I, I completely understand that. And I understand why kids are wanting this money because for so long, you always heard all the horror stories. Oh, I can't eat. I can't get anything. To, there's no money. I, I you know, uh, my scholarship doesn't cover if I want to go on a date with my girlfriend and buy a nice dinner. And, and those were some of the things that you dealt with, but you didn't go hungry. Let me just be the first to say no kid in college on a scholarship has ever gone hungry or went without. Now, could you get more? Absolutely. There's more to get when you watch. You, you walk down the street and you see your jersey hanging in the local store and these people are making all this money off of it but you're getting nothing for it. I I think the way they kind of got over it or got by it when I was in college was they would put your number. So if you're number 96, they would put 96 on a football jersey, but they wouldn't put your last name. And the way they got away with it was saying, well, this honors all the people that wore 96. And you as a player, you're like, well, who else wore 96 before me? 
you know, before I wore 96, was it even a relevant number? So that, that was the ways that teams were able to get by paying kids. So I'm kind of in a, in a tough, almost limbo type of area when it comes to high school NILs, college NILs, because as an adult, looking back on things, I understand how money can affect you and how it kind of makes you start chasing the money versus the love of the game. Um, so, you know, those are just kind of some areas that I feel very strongly about. And But one of the things that I do want to discuss, and I probably got ahead of myself a little bit, is most people are probably wondering, where does this money come from? You know, how are you able to get all this money all of a sudden? Like, years ago, you couldn't come up with money. Oh, I don't know how I'm going to – as a college, I don't know how I'm going to get this kid money. I don't know how to – now all of a sudden that – it's brought to the light and you can now do all this stuff above board. All of a sudden, every school has a ton of money. You know, you have people that you can turn to, hey, we need this in order to get this kid. And that small group is what you would call a collective. And what the collective simply is, is a group of people that they say aren't affiliated with the school, but they are affiliated with the school. So you have like boosters and just different people who have a ton of money who want to invest in the school and invest in winning and losing. Because there's a lot, let's be honest, there's a lot of people out there that want to play the game, that want to be a part of the game, want to be a part of that atmosphere. And it's like, well, my time has passed, but I've got all this money. So, you know, if I can help my team, if I give you a donate a million dollars and that helps my team get the player that they're looking for, then, you know, look what I've done to help my team win. So I think that's what this collective has started. And, and the collective, good or bad, necessary or unnecessary, it's something that you have to deal with. It, it's something that's going to be there, and it's something that schools utilize. And they go to these people and they say, listen, I mean, I'm going to use my son as an example. He's already in school. Hey, you know, we have Deuce Davis down here at Hamilton High School. Um, this kid's a five-star kid. He's supposed to be all world, you know, Alabama's after him, Notre Dame is after him, Penn State, all these schools are after him. And you're starting to throw money at the kids. You know, coaches don't go out anymore and recruit based on what their school can do. What they're recruiting on now is, hey, look, we can get you these NIL deals. We can do this for you financially. We can do that for you financially. And that's when, like I said earlier, when the waters start to get murky. When you start to get into a kid's not making a decision based on the love of the game. He's making it based on how much money can I get. And as any adult out there knows, when you start chasing money, you never stop. You know, you're, you're always going to be, where's the next dollar? Can I make more here? Can I make more there? And you lose that love and that happiness of being on campus and enjoying being an amateur and, and just having a good time and being around your, your fellow athletes and, and people on campus. So it, it's something that it, it's always something that you're going to have to deal with if you want to go to the next level. And obviously it's trickled down to high school levels. Um, you know, like I'll go back to this collective. I mean, it's just a group of people that these colleges, these coaches, they go to, they have whatever that middleman is where all this stuff used to be illegal. You know, a long time ago, and I hate saying that because I'm talking about when I play, but a long time ago, if a school needed something, you had ways to maneuver, you had your middleman to say, 
And that person would then talk to the collective, but the collective technically didn't exist. So all this stuff, I, I find it very funny that all of a sudden it's like, oh, we have this collective and this is a new thing and we have a middleman between us. And I'm like, this has been going on for years and for generations. I mean, let, let's just be honest. Athletes have been getting paid for a long time. I mean, that's why we are where we are now. I mean, there were lawsuits filed. Kids have lost scholarships. They've lost their futures. They, a lot has been lost over the years to get to where we are. So it's nothing new. It's just now you can do business above board. You can do it in a light versus hiding it and doing little back alley deals where, you know, the guy shows up like in the movies in all black in an alley and a parking lot and you pass off a bag. So, you know, now it has become a, a safe haven. It has become an area. Now you can do business without worrying about, am I breaking the rules? Am I going to get caught? Is this going to make me look bad? So I just think that now everybody wants to say, oh, this collective and, you know, NIL deals are so great and we're doing all this for these students when it's always been going on and it's kind of been that underbelly of sports that anybody who's watch sports for over a year, you know kids were getting paid, even before it was legal. I mean, that's why we are where we are. That's why we have the violations. That's why we have all the horror stories who kids who took $1,000 just so they could get some new clothes or some new shoes or whatever the case may be, and they lost their entire scholarship for that. You know, And so I'm so glad that we've moved out of those dark ages, but I think that we've moved a little too fast. I think that this was something that during this whole lawsuit, because I think the NCAA ended up having to pay like $1.5 billion in like back pay and had to pay for the other people's lawyers. And it was just such, you know, a huge thing that I think that the NCAA just opened up these floodgates like, here you go, you know what, I'm tired of you talking about me and saying that I'm this or we treat our athletes a certain kind of way, here you go. You don't want us governing it. You do what you want. And that's where we are. And it's like you for so long, the scales have been tipped in the NCAA's you know, favor that now you're trying to balance it. And I think we're overdoing it, trying to balance it out. And I think that we need to find some sort of way to scale back how much these kids are making. I mean, I know that sounds terrible because this is coming from somebody who has a kid in school and somebody who could potentially – be earning some money and, and could get these NIL deals, but I just think it's wide open and, and there's no governing body. And, and I say that cautiously because, you know, if when you start getting somebody to govern it and you start saying this group of people are going to control how much you can and can't make, I mean, that's not fair because it's like in your day-to-day -day job, if you can make more money by going somewhere else or, or applying somewhere else, you're going to do that. So for me to sit here and pretend like, you know, that's not the way of the world, that's wrong. But I just think that it, it has become so crazy in this first few years that people think it's a bad idea. And, and I think that also people get two things mixed up here. NIL and a transfer portal are very different things, but they actually go together because these kids will have a good year and – you know, all of a sudden they go out and they're an offensive player and they have their offensive player of the year for their respective conference or division or your defensive player of the year. And, you know, you had 
the most sacks, you had the most catches, the most yards, whatever it is, you're the best quarterback. And now all of a sudden you got these bigger schools with bigger markets that are going to come along, which, by the way, is completely illegal, but they do it anyway. They get phone calls and they talk to these kids and they're like, hey, we saw what you did. You were the offensive player of the year. You know, if you come um, to the West Coast, you can make more money. If you come to New York, you can make more money. And now the school that they at, that that the kid is at, they have to make a decision now. I mean, as a player, you're looking at it and you're like, okay, well, this school in New York or this school in California just offered me six figures to come be on their team. So now you're in negotiation. You take it back to your school and say, hey, this school offered me this. Can you match that? So now you get into the portal. And the portal gives kids an opportunity to transfer one time without penalty, which I think is a great thing. I think that is awesome. But as much as they are separate, they are very much intertwined because you can't have one without the other. You know, I think with giving these kids the opportunity to be able to transfer without penalty is is a very good thing. I think for too long, if a kid was somewhere and he wasn't happy, and especially nowadays when mental health and mental wellness has become such a big topic that I think that sometimes kids do make bad decisions. But I think those decisions come from the fact that they make them based on money versus can I go to this school for the next three or four years and be here throughout change, be here throughout whatever may come and go, I'm happy where I am. Just to kind of give you a brief story, that was a situation for me when I chose to go to uh, UNC Chapel Hill. I didn't choose to go there because Matt Brown was there or uh, because you know Jeff Madden was there, who was our strength coach. You know, I chose because one, I grew up just being a huge fan of Chapel Hill. Love the basketball. I love Lawrence Taylor. So these were things that I think get lost with this whole NIL and this transfer. The loyalty and the love of wanting to go to these university has has been lost. But when I went to Chapel Hill, I think I was redshirted. I played my freshman year, sophomore, junior year. Um, I think because of our success, our defense was ranked uh, the number two defense two years in a row. And we, we were winning, and we started just doing things and, and becoming a better team. And we were together around each other when we were going through the mud together. And we had to learn to have each other's back and to trust each other. That's what made our team so good. But when the iron was hot, Mac Brown struck, and he went to Texas. I mean, was just out of there, no real, hey, fellas, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. He just made a business decision, and he left. You know, looking at it, Looking back on it, I remember everybody was upset. Like, how could he do this to us? And, oh, he's a traitor. He doesn't love the school. He doesn't love us. But with that going on, would, would I have left school after Mac Brown left? Because to be honest with you, when he left, I was a little worried about who's coming in next. Like, what kind of coach are we going to have? Is he going to be somebody that know, he doesn't know us because he's going to be a new guy? And I remember we fought for uh, Coach Tar- Carl Torbush was our coach for one year and the seniors got together like, look, man, we, you know, this is our last year. We got to stand up and we have to do something about this. So that was how we um, countered what was going on. I mean, nowadays 
kids get the opportunity to just transfer. They're not happy where they are. And, you know, it's it's good and it's bad because if you're somewhere and you're not happy where you are, it, it takes a toll on you. It's just like working somewhere where you hate the people you work with. You hate your boss. It just it physically wears on you. It mentally drains you. And so I think that giving these kids the opportunity to to go from one university to another without penalty, I think is good. But I think kids need to be very careful how they make their decisions. And I understand for some people, some of these young men and some of these young women, these NIL deals and this money that they'll be receiving in school can financially help their parents, can help out situations at home. So, you know, I understand where the money is very beneficial, but I guess my big thing, if I had to just give you one piece of advice and to say one thing, it would be remember you only get so many chances to change your mind. You get one opportunity to say, okay, I don't like it here, and I'm going to go somewhere else without penalty. After that, now you have to sit out. You have to uh, go through all these different headaches. So I say don't let money be your driving force. You know, It's great that if the school you want to go to is going to pay you the most, that's awesome. But like my son, when I talk to him, do you want to go to school because you want to win championships or because, hey, I get the most NIL money here? Or do you want to play so that you can then make it to the next level, which is most every athlete's dream is to go on and play in the NBA, the NFL, the WNBA, to play in the professional soccer leagues, men, women. I think that's the ultimate goal. So my advice would be be very cautious, be very considerate, and involve your parents. And everything you do when it comes to this, because it is business and these people have been doing it a lot longer than you have. And it's new to you, but it's not new to them. That would be the advice that I give. And, you know, just always interact with your family, interact with your or excuse me, interact with your parents, kids, parents, interact with your kids so you know what's going on. So, like I said, that would be my piece of advice is to I get it. Money is very important, but. Your happiness is more important. Thanks for tuning in to The Route. Don't forget to subscribe and connect with us on socials for exclusive updates. We'll see you next week.